one more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. If you have a Bible this morning, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 10. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We've been in our series called Good Ground. Because I believe that God wants to make us good ground. Amen. Amen. He wants to make your heart and your mind. He wants to transform it. He wants to conform it. He wants to shape it and mold it to be good ground. You know, we used to sing a song. We sung it two Sundays ago, but we used to sing it, uh, uh, felt like every Sunday growing up, you know, take my heart and mold it. Take my mind, conform it. Take my, or take my, take my will and conform it to what? Conform it to yours, Jesus. You know, with this series, Good Ground, we've talked about, we've came out of the Matthew chapter 13 in the parable where Jesus tells the parable about how a farmer sows seeds and Jesus gives all the different examples of what happens. But in the end, he said there, there, there were some seeds that fell on good ground. And those seeds that fell on good ground, those were the seeds that produced fruit. Amen. That produced a harvest. We want to be, we want to be that. We want to be that. We want to be, um, we, want, we want to be, we want there to be a harvest in our life. I will say this, and, you know, whenever we do end the series, there is, a, there is actually a warning that God gives us when it comes to being made good ground. But you will produce a harvest. What type of harvest is up to you? You will, you will produce fruit of righteousness or you will produce fruit of unrighteousness, which means that you will, you will produce fruit of righteousness where you are seeking God or you will produce fruit of unrighteousness where you are seeking your own desires or your own self. You know, uh, you can ask Miranda, but we had, you know, we still had a whole nother set list plan, but after how great is our God, the spirit of God, the wind of God just blew us in a different direction. But as we're singing and as we're singing, Right before we started to do, I need you, Lord. I'm like, I don't think I want to do that. It might just be the old school in me that likes to hear that song. And as soon as I said that to the spirit, the spirit said, I need to, I want to hear you tell me you'll never return back to your old life. I said, all right, let's do it. And we jumped into it. And that's why we repeated that. And sometimes it, it, it's very easy to return to what's comfortable. Amen. I mean, when we get home today, we'll take off our, you know, uh, what, what Sunday duds you do have, and you'll put on the comfy pants, the comfy slippers, the big old baggy hoodie or sweater or whatever it is, and we'll get comfortable in our home. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
but the problem is when our soul gets comfortable in doing what our flesh loves to do. The problem is when we get comfortable in just uh, in, in just us being the being in control or us being in the driver's seat. But I'm going to give you something to focus on this morning. <clears throat> if God's ways are higher than our ways, then our growth is not a problem left for us to solve. If God's ways are, if his ways are higher than our ways, then your growth, it's not a problem left for you to solve. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 55, the prophet Isaiah, the Lord gives him these words, but he says this in chapter 55, verse 6. Let's see if I get it pulled up. There we go. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him and to our God. For he will freely forgive. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Here we go. And your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, <clears throat> so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. So we've established this. God is saying, my thoughts are, are my, the way I think, it's, it's beyond what you can think. Amen. The way God thinks, his, his, his logic is, is higher, supersedes man's logic. Amen. But then watch this. God gives an example. Not only does he say, hey, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Then, verse 10, he gives us an example, and it's going to hit home. He says, for just as rain and what's that word? Snow. Oh, man, we know about some snow, don't we? Just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without what? Saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat. So not only does God say, my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, but now he gives us an example of how his ways are higher than our ways. He says, for just as rain and snow fall from heaven and earth and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat. Let me give you this thing to focus on. If God's ways are higher than our ways, then our growth is not a problem left for us to solve. See, snow in the human eyes, snow in our eyes is frigid. It's cold. On the way to church this morning, you know, Kellen was like, oh, daddy, I can't wait. When we get home, we're going to play in the snow. I said, who told you that? Did, did your other parent tell you that? Because this parent didn't tell you. Like, you played in the snow three days ago. We got our, we, our 15 minutes, 15 minutes of fun. That was for the rest of the year. We ain't going back out in this to play for fun. We get in this to get into the car and back and talk. This is not fun, son. You know, this, it may be fun for you, but it's not fun for me having to put on four or five different layers and to get them soaking wet. And then we get out there and I'm worried about y'all's safety and all this other stuff. And I can't take my phone because, you know, I'm a millennial. We got to post everything, but I can't take my phone because I don't need to get wet because just paid it off. I ain't trying to buy another one. So snow, you know, in our eyes, snow is when we when we hear the weatherman talk about snow, we get nervous. OK, we got to go salt the salt the driveway, salt the roads, all that. Where's the snow plow or somebody? Who do we know? Does, does, does Pookie know somebody that, that has a snow plow? Get them. We need to scrape all these different things. We think when we see snow, we don't see it like God. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, when, you know, when I this morning, dad told me, say, hey, tomorrow's going to be 41 degrees. I'm like, no. 
I need the snow so I don't have to go back to work. <laughs> I don't want to go. When we see snow, we see frigidness, or we, or we think about the pipes freezing, or, or we think about ice, or we, we think about road conditions. We, when we see snow, we have our own perception. But what we just read in Isaiah, he said God's ways are higher than our ways. When we see snow, we see what we see. When we drive out here, we see the snow and we see the patch of ice and we're trying to dodge it and all the, we're still driving slow. We're still, but when we see snow, we see something else that is, it, 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 what God sees is outside of what we can ever understand. When we see snow, we see it the way we see it. But in God's eyes, the snow is seen as a, another way to germinate the earth. Somebody say germinate. germinate. That word germinate, what that means, it literally means to cause sprout or develop. To cause to sprout or develop. So see, when we see snow, we see the ice. We see, oh, uh-oh, it's soup and chili time. I never say that. Kelsey says that. I don't. I don't I, for some reason, coldness and snow doesn't make me want to go get a bowl of chili. Doesn't. Makes me want to get some barbecue, but not, not some chili. <laughs> not some chili. Some cauliflower wings. Well, we, we can talk about that later. That's a testimony after service. Hallelujah. For those that are fasting, get you some cauliflower wings that will change your life. But God said in his word that it's, it's the snow that falls from the heavens and does not return without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout. So that word germinate means to cause, sprout, or develop. Let me ask you this question. What opportunities to develop have you pushed off because you perceive them to be something else? What opportunities for you to develop have we cast aside, have we pushed off, have we bound up because we perceive them to be something else? Amen. Amen. We see the snow and we see it as a hazard when God is like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm, 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 I'm sowing something that will cause the earth to develop and prepare for a hot summer. This one famous author, he says it this way. He says, you can either see the world in one of three states, a playground, a proven ground, or a battleground. You can either see your life, you can either see the world that you live in as one in one of three states, a playground, a proven ground, or a battleground. So let me ask you again, what development opportunities have we pushed off because we perceive them to be something else? What is God doing in our life? But because we think it's something else, we're, we're saying, no, 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 that, 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 that's not me. That's, that's not for me. Miss me with that. Let me Lord, let me catch you when you come back around again. He's like, no, what I'm doing right now, it may look frigid. It may look harsh. But it's preparing the soil in your heart for a hot summer, for, for hot times, for times in the valley, for when times are tough, when times are bitter, when times are, are the opposite of what we perceive them to be. Amen. So if God's ways are higher, and I've said this multiple times, but if God's ways are higher than your ways, then your growth, somebody say my growth, my growth. it's not a problem left for you to solve. It's not a problem left for you to solve. Your growth is not on you. The how is not on you. If you are taking notes, you can put it at the very top. The how, the how is up to God. In our Good Ground series in week three, the how is up to God, how it's going to work, how it's all going to come together, how this is going to happen, how that's going to happen, how am I going to do this, how am I going to make this, how am I going to pay for this? The how is not up to you, and I'm definitely talking to myself, the how is up to God, amen? amen. 
See, one of the biggest hindrances for your growth and my growth is worrying. Somebody say worrying. Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 7, and then verse 22. He says, other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. When he's talking about the, the farmer sowing the seeds, he says, when as he's sowing the seeds, there was other seed that fell among the thorns, and the thorns come up and choked it. And then in verse 22, he explains this. He says, now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. Watch this. But the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The worries of this age choke up what God wants to do inside you. The worries of like how we was worshiping this morning and how we was going in. When you give in to the worries of this age, it, it squelches that experience. Well, Lindsay, you don't know what, what you know, you don't know what all is my responsibility. I don't think you fully know what's your responsibility. I don't think you fully know what your responsibility is and what God's responsibility is. Yes, you, your name may be on the loan. Yes, your name may be on the bill. Yes, your name may be on the mortgage. Or yes, your name may be the one that, that is signed up to go to work. But at the end of the day, the responsibility of your heart beating is not you, it's God's. The responsibility of the blood flowing from the head to the heart, from the heart to the toe, all the way to the pinky toe. It, it is God's responsibility. And if he is willing to take care of that, if he is willing to take that job on, what don't you think he is? He's, uh, why, why don't you think that he's more than able, more than willing, more than compassionate enough to say, okay, what have you attached your name to? Okay, not only did you attach your name, you attached my name. I'll take care of it. I'll provide. I will be the lily in the valley. I will be the one that provides. I will be your Jehovah Jireh. I will provide a way when there is no way. When it seems like all is impossible, I will make the possible. When it seems like life is impossible, I will scratch off the I am and I will just make it possible. Amen. He is the one that makes it possible. See, when you worry about a problem you were never created to solve, then you end up making things worse because you take on pressures that were never meant for you to carry. You take on burdens that were never meant for you to carry. We were somewhere the other day. It was before the snow fell. And Kellen's like, uh, Kellen's like, how much does this cost? And I said, oh, oh, it, no, it was during the snow. It was uh, Kel, uh, Kelsey and Keenan were still in Nashville, picked up Kellen and Cohen. And because of their mother, gets them uh, slushy treats after, after school and stuff. And say, Daddy, can we have a slushy? And I'm feeling bad. At first, I was like, no, nah, man, it's cold. What's, the, you see the slush on the road? That should be all the slush you need. But I'm like, they don't understand, you know, the compassion side kicked in. I was like, all right, let's go get a slushie. It's only a dollar and some change. So we go get a slushie. And uh, Kellen's like, Daddy, how much did they say it was? And I looked at him. I said, don't worry about it. He's like, well, I just want, I said, no. I said, you're the son. I'm the parent. I said, say it with me. Say, I'm the son. He's like, I'm the son. Hey, come with, I son. I said, yeah. I said, and who's the parent? He's like, you the parent. Daddy, you parent. I said, that's right. I said, what that means is, I said, the responsibility is not on you. It's on me. I said, and watch this, Kellen. I said, I take pleasure in it. I said, I take pleasure in providing what you desire. You desire a slushy, I'm your father, and I desire to provide that for you. And I turned into a preacher moment. I said, and guess what the Bible says? Jesus says that God being a good father, he does that times infinity and he's like times infinity i say times infinity but we gotta understand the responsibility it's not on us it's on god 
the how is not on you, it's on God. I said it again, how is this going to work? How is this going to come together? How, how, how are they going to forgive me? How am I going to forgive them? How am I going to do this and that? It's not on you. See, you can't be good ground if you're focused on the how. You, if you, you know, during the summer or springtime, you drive past the cornfields and the crop fields, you don't see the seeds out there scratching their head wondering, man, how, how am I going to grow to be a, a stalk of corn? How am I going to grow to be a spud? How am I going to grow to be some carrots? How am I going to grow to be some cauliflower so B-dubs can pick me up and sauce me? That way Brother Lindsay could go and get it. You don't see the harvest worrying about how they're going to be the harvest. You know what the harvest does? It simply is, it, it just rests in its DNA. It rests in who it's created to be. Why? Because the harvest knows who created it. And God said that his word will not return to him void. So if he has done a work in you, like Paul said, he is the one that is faithful to complete the good work that he has started in you. And what the devil loves to do, he loves to get us consumed by the worries that we have consumed with it. Watch this. <clears throat> Worry, I have this phrase, no, not up there yet, maybe, if I put it up there. Where is it? We're going to get to it. There it is. Worry does not take away tomorrow's troubles, it just takes away today's peace. Worry does not take away today's troubles, or tomorrow's troubles, it just takes away today's peace. If you don't get anything out of that, get, you don't get anything this morning. Get that worry. Somebody say worry. worry. This is you and this is me. Worry does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It just takes away today's peace. Amen. Amen. Let me go back up for a minute. <clears throat> In Matthew chapter 13, or actually Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus says this. He says, this is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, and clothing. There, we can stop right now. We can stop right now and go home. But Jesus said this. He says, everything you need will be provided. Food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Now here, and, and, and mom said it earlier, here's where our flesh doesn't like to see. Within there, I'm, I'm just going to, can I use me as an example? Yes, Lizzie, you can use that example. In that scripture, Jesus doesn't say, uh, I, I tell you, you'll never be worried about your life for all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, and a Tesla. I don't see that in that scripture. Everything that you want will be provided, such as food, water, and the trip to Paris, or a trip to New York, or a return trip back to California, a trip to Tokyo. I don't, I, uh, uh, a brand new Bugatti. I, I don't see any of that in the scriptures. Doesn't mean that's wrong, but those are wants. My body's not going to fall apart if I'm, if I'm not driving in a Tesla. As much as my flesh don't want to hear that. My body's not going to fall apart if I'm not, you know, if it, whatever ideal scenario you have for your life, your body is not going to fall apart if you're not living in that ideal scenario. It's a fantasy for a reason. Now, those are, those are wants, and as long as I don't prioritize, as long as I don't make those an idol, then I can see those come to fruition in my life. But Jesus promises us that he will provide such as food, water, clothing, and everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Look at all the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? 
They don't plant or reap or store up food, yet your heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? Watch this. So which one of you, by worrying, could add another or could add anything to your life? In the Hebrew translation, literally this phrase says, which one of you can add, or by worrying, can you add a cubit to your height? In the Greek, you ready for the Greek? In the Greek it says, by worrying, can you add one hour to your lifespan? Ooh. By worrying, can you add another hour to your lifespan? You can't. What Jesus was trying to say is, worrying has no power to change anything. Worrying, there's no power. Worrying is a dead battery. You put a dead battery on the car, it's not going to go anywhere. You put a dead battery in a device, it's not going to go anywhere. Your, your phone battery goes dead, you can, you can pray, hope, and pray, uh, uh, have a hope and a prayer. You can fast, you can, you can tell the phone what to do, but it's not going to light up unless the battery is charged. By worrying, can we add one hour to our lifespan? No. Watch what Jesus says. And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. And yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robbed in beauty more than one of these. So if God has clothed the metal with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes that you need? Even though you live with such a little faith. Ah, why you say that, Jesus? Verse 31, watch this. So then forsake your worries. Somebody say forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we wear, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Ooh. He says the unbelievers chase after the material things. A materialistic mindset is the mindset of an unbeliever. Because he says, if you believe in me, then you trust me. Watch this, this last part. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things that your body requires so above all constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly don't chase after God just so you can get don't don't give just so you can get but no Jesus says seek me first seek my kingdom first and everything else will be added unto you amen I love this because Jesus said, forsake your worries. Forsake your worries. Forsake your worries doesn't mean, forsake your worries, pretend this is my worry. Forsake your worries doesn't mean just, all right, there it is. Forsake your worries. Cast your worries. Cast your burdens. You know, if you've ever been fishing, I've been fishing a few times. It's not, it's not much. But the times I did go fishing, you know, I'm one of those, I like, to, I, I like to watch a movie. You know, you can tell me how to do it, but I want to see somebody else. I want to watch a video. And I remember when it come time to go fishing with, uh, with, uh, with my father-in-law, we'll go out there, and he says, all right, you know how to flip the reel, right? And I was like, yeah, 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 I, I'll flick it. So, you know, right, here we go. Okay, you know, all right. He's like, no. He's like, when you, when you, when you cast it, you got you to gotta cast it out. He's like, watch this, and he, you know, rolled it back up, and with just one hand, look at the flick of the wrist, he, and when he did that, the, the, the line soared out. And when he did that, the preacher of me was like, cast all your cares. I was like, that's what it looks like when we cast all our cares. We, 
we throw them to where they're not in arm's reach anymore. When's the last time you took your worries and, 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 took, and threw them to where you couldn't reach them anymore? Threw them into the arms of God. Forsake your worries. Cast your worries. Amen? Watch this. Worrying is the opposite of trusting. So I'm going to hit you just because the Spirit hit me. So when we worry, we are saying, God, I don't trust your process. When we are worrying, we're saying, Lord, I don't trust your process. And hey, we would never dare to out loud with the words of our mouth say, God, I don't trust you. I don't trust your process. But when we worry, our actions are saying, Lord, I don't trust your process. And that's a scary thing. But God being good and gracious, he's like, he doesn't, he, he doesn't get upset. No, he, in fact, he draws closer. I know you don't trust my process, so let me show you again what I'm about. Let me show you again. Let me remind you. Let my spirit remind you that my mercies are new every day. Let me remind you that I'm the friend that sits closer than a brother. Let me remind you that even when you're in the valley, I'm with you. Let me remind you that even when you get onto the mountaintop, you cannot escape me. Let me remind you that when you found, you feel yourself surrounded, I'm the thing that surrounds what's surrounding you. Let me remind you who I am. Let me remind you as we're fasting. That's part of the goal where we can be reminded what we've always, what's always surrounding us. Not our worries, not our fears, not our anxieties, not our insecurities, not the problems of today, but the goodness of God, the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Dude, through fasting, our spiritual eyes can be open and we can see the heavenly army that surrounds us. The heavenly army that follows us as you drive up and down 412 or West Church Street or Broad Street. The heavenly army that surrounds you as you walk into your place of business. The heavenly army that surrounds you as you walk into Walmart. The heavenly army, the, the heavenly presence of God that surrounds you at all uh, moments of your life. Amen. Amen. Repeat it to me. Say, Lord, I refuse, Lord, I refuse to, worry to worry about tomorrow. Give me strength. To consistently trust your process. See, when we worry, we're saying, Lord, I don't trust your process. So part of your prayer every day needs to be, Lord, forgive me for not trusting your process. Give me strength to trust your process. Give me strength to trust your process. There's this one NBA team that that's their slogan, trust the process. Trust the process. And, and bless the heart, the team, they, they get so close every year and they, they never get there. And then they, 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 they announce, well, trust the process. I promise we're doing stuff behind the scenes. When you don't get to where you want to, can you have the confidence? Can you have the humility to still trust the process? Or, do you, or, do you, or does your flesh rise up and you want to go off on God? God, I thought it'd be different. Lord, I thought they'd be different. Lord, they said this. They said that. He talked about this vision, this, and vision 2024, we're going to be good ground below. Why is it still this? Can you still trust God when, you're, when your vision or when your fantasy or when your dreams don't come true? Can you still trust God? Can you still believe that his ways are higher than our ways? Can you still, uh, can you still uh, not give in to the temptation of you putting your hand to the plow and you trying to make it happen? Can you still resist that? Amen. Remember, we talked about focusing on the fact that if God's ways are higher than our ways, then our growth is not a problem left for us to solve. Your spiritual growth, the transformation in your life, it's not, it's not a problem left for you to solve. It's not a problem at all. 
but it's definitely not a problem left for you to solve. Amen? Amen. What things are you tempted to go and handle all on your own? What things are we tempted to go and handle all on our own? I love the fact that, and it was years ago when I read that verse in Isaiah, when, when Isaiah talks about how the snow, how it falls from heaven and germinates the ground. You know, here lately we've had a lot of snow. And I'm like, Lord, why so much snow? And then when I remember the scripture, I'm like, oh, so is this summer going to be a really hot summer? Is that why it's so much snow to prepare the ground so it has moisture deep within it? Therefore, the ground doesn't dry up and burn when the sun comes out. See, we can look at this snow and be like, ah, oh, it's a problem. Or we can be like, uh-oh, what's coming ahead? What, what, Lord, what, what's coming down the pipeline that I can't see? Can you look at your current situations and instead of complaining, instead of getting overwhelmed, can you be like, uh-oh, Lord, Lord, what are you preparing me for that's coming down the pipeline? Lord, what are, you, what are you getting me ready for? What are, you, what are you buffering me for? What are you what are you working for my good that's coming down the pipeline? What is happening? You have to make sure that you're not tempted to go and handle things all on your own. You have to make sure that. You have to make sure that. Amen? Amen. As you drive past the snow this morning, I need you to be reminded that the snow is God's way of developing the soil and preparing it for the hot summer that's coming or for whatever's coming, whatever storms may come, whatever animals may come. Physically, our earth, physically, the ground outside, it's being, it's being prepared and it soaks in that, uh, that snow. It so, uh, soaks in that moisture like a sponge and it seals it. And it seals it. And guess what? When the farmer goes to plant seeds, the, so the soil is moist. So not only is he preparing the ground, but also he's preparing, a, he's preparing a place for seeds to be sown. What atmosphere is this guy surrounding you in? And he's, it's the incubator for him to sow something into you. What, 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 you know, what, what, what environment at work? Well, Lindsay, you don't know what my work is like. You, this person and that person. Is, is it really... Is it really frustrating or is it really, okay, God's setting something up for me? Okay, God's stirring something up for me. You know, if you were to look at me in the kitchen when I'm cooking, there is a mess everywhere. Ingredients, all these different things. And sometimes mom or dad or even Dre or Kelsey be like, hey, what are you going to add the other day? Mom was like, hey, I need to watch you to see what you're going to add to this, this, this. I said, okay, let me show you. And she's like, okay, how do you know that? I'm like, well, I know this tastes like this, and I want, I want this vegetable to taste like this, so therefore I'm going to pick this ingredient because it, it gives it this type of taste. I want it to have this type of texture, so I'm going to use this particular device. So everything I'm doing, I'm doing with the end in mind. When God works in your life, he is working with the end in mind, and the end in mind is Jesus. I want them to look and sound and walk like Jesus, walk in his authority as he is, so are we in this earth, on this earth. And Jesus is the goal. Jesus is the finish line. Jesus is the standard. So therefore, there's different ingredients that he has to place in you and pull out of you in order for you to sound more like him, in order for you to, to have his type of resilience, that when things, go, when things go awry, you can still stand tall. 
You can still have the testimony, have it done all to stand. You still stand firm in his firm persuasion in who he said he is. Everything he does in your life, it's with Jesus in mind. How can I, how can I shape her conversation to be more loving, be more empathetic, more, more, more compassionate? Jesus is the goal. Jesus is the harvest. And as we're being made into good ground, that's who he is shaping you into. That's who he is forming you into. But what it's going to require is you to declare every day, Lord, I refuse to return back to my old life. Lord, I refuse to go back to the way things used to be. Lord, I refuse to go back to my old mindset. Lord, I refuse to go back to what's comfortable. I refuse to go back to what I know. Lord, I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. Why, Lord? Because you may be doing something different. <clears throat> you may be doing something new. You may be doing something greater than ever than I could ever perceive or think or imagine. Amen? Amen. And if that's God, if he's doing that, then we have to surrender to it. Amen. If that's what he chooses to do, then we have to, we have to allow him to do it. Amen? Amen? If that's what he wants to do. But here's the thing. The temptation is, okay, while I'm waiting, let me just help you out. Lord, let me just help you out. You know, uh, there's a, a few weeks back, I'm one of those. This was before the fast. I'm one of those. I have set times I like to eat, just that way. You can blame mom. You can blame dad. You blame granny. They raised me, so put it on them. This is on them. It's on them, not on me. I'm just a product of my raising, all right? <laughs> but I have set times I like to eat. And uh, don't uh -huh, too loud. We hear you. <laughs> and, you know, when it comes to dinner time, I have a set hour window that I like to like, I like to eat, eat the dessert, be done, wash your hands, and move on to the next portion of the night. And when things jeopardize that, the, 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 the emotions kind of start to come out a little bit. They start to, you know, like a roller coaster, start to slowly. I remember one night, mom's cooking, and she's like, I'm, I'm a, you know, I want to, I want to love on y'all. I'm a cooking meal. Okay, cool, cool. And, you know, she, she starts probably about 30 minutes past my allotted time. I'm like, all right, you know. You know, I'm itching a little bit. I'm like, okay. I'm like, hey, you want me to help you? Here, let me let me hop in there and help you real quick. I, uh, you doing that? Okay, I'll do this. I'll do this. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> All right, what else? What else we got? You know, okay, you doing that? All right. Hey, you don't look so, you know, go and sit down. I don't mind finishing. I don't mind finishing. Turn that over on broil. <laughs> We're going to blast this thing. Somebody go get a match. We're going to light this thing up. I mean, like, whatever it takes. Hey, six o'clock is coming. We almost, the window's almost done. We got to eat. Let's go. Because you are not, you know, I have my own desires, I have my own expectations, but when it comes to, hey, what, you know, what, what, what's, what's going on? Why aren't we, why aren't we? And a lot of times we're like that with God. A lot of times we're like, okay, Lord, my expectation is this, or my expectation is that. And, and I, okay, Pastor Lindsay said that, you were trying to make me more like Jesus. How can I help you, Lord? How, how, how can I help you with this? How, how, can I, how can I help you sow more patience in me, Lord? Let me, let me speed the process up. How can, I, how can I help you make me more into your image, Jesus? And a lot of times God's like, I, I don't need your help. I have a process. I have a timetable that's for you, that works for you. Amen? And here's the problem. If we're not accepting with this timetable, we'll get frustrated. And we'll bind up what he's trying to do. We'll tie the hands that are trying to help us. You know, I remember when I was a kid, there used to be this one movie where literally the, the main character said, 
He said, never, uh, never, 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 never hurt the hands that, that try to feed you. Never hurt the hands that try to help you. Never bite the hand. There we go. Never bite the hand that feeds you. And a lot of times we'll do that with God. We'll, we'll be like, well, Lord, I, 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 I can, okay, if that's what you want, I, I can make it happen faster. I mean, at the end of the day, Lord, still you get what you want and I get what I want. But see, the work of a farmer, it's never compared to a microwave. The work of planting seeds, it's never microwavable. What God wants to do in you, it's not in an instant. It's not like instant rice or instant pudding or instant potatoes. The work that God wants to do in you, it's a, it, it, it's a forever process. As long as you will be alive, he will be working in you. As long as you're breathing, he'll be working in you. We saying that earlier, but as long as I'm breathing, I got a reason to praise. Well, guess what? As long as you're breathing, the Holy Spirit is transforming you, transforming your mind, transforming your heart, transforming your speech. But you can't get lost on the how. The how becomes a speed bump. The how becomes a, a ditch that you find yourself falling into, and then you're struggling to get up and get out. When we get consumed with, how is this going to happen? How's, how, uh, how, how's this year going to look different? When we could get consumed with the things that we were never meant to get consumed with, we get distracted, we get off track, we get on the sideline. You ever been, you ever been on a road trip? And then you stop at an exit to, you know, maybe use the restroom or maybe fill up with gas. But, you know, they, 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 this is an area I've never been before. You just kind of explore a little bit. Like, oh, what's this? And I don't know if anybody's ever been to Bucky's, but Bucky's is one of those. Bucky's, they got good gas, good cheap gas. But a lot of times you don't think about that. They got good clean bathrooms. You kind of think about that. They do. But a lot of times that's not your focus when you go there. It's not mine. I'm just going to be honest. Yes, I love to get the cheap gas, and I love to go to the extra-wide bathrooms. I can bring all three boys in with me, and they're safe with me, all that. They're, they're playing, fighting, and all that, and I could get on to them and gentle parent without anybody hearing. <laughs> but, you know, when you get there, you, you see all the other things. And what was supposed to be a 15-minute, you know, like fit to get the gas, get the bathroom, turns into an hour. I remember the first time we went there on a road trip, we come back. Uh, you know, the first time we went there is back when we lived in Florida, but the first time we was taking a road trip and we stopped by there, y'all, we spent an hour. Spent an hour on an exit that was not our destination. We still have five hours to go. <laughs> I remember when we got back in the, in the van, I'm like, I looked at the clock, I said, what time is it? She said, oh man, we, we spent an hour, didn't we? I said, oh, yeah, we did. Like. <laughs> And we just halfway. Oh, God. I was like, well, let me just drop, drown my tears in this barbecue sandwich. <laughs> barbecue sandwich was so good. I remember just driving the rest of the way. Kelsey's like, you good? I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and the whole thing, I wanted those. Like, I, I think about those things. So I, as we're, you know, we're getting further along, I'm like, 
you know, an hour later, we could have been here, but no, you had to stop by and get a little beaver chips, and your kids didn't eat all the beaver chips. I stopped by here, you got a little stuffy. The kids got 50 stuffies at the house. We're going to lose this one, and sure enough, we have. But, you know, when you get distracted with what was only meant to be temporary, it can alter the course of your life. It can alter the course of your journey. It can alter the course. The destination doesn't change, but how long it takes for you to get there changes. And God does, have a, God does have a destination for you, but a lot of times if we get so distracted with the how. I need you to remember this this morning. I cannot get overwhelmed. I cannot get consumed with how it's going to work. I just have to trust the process. If we're going to be made into good ground, I have to trust the process. I said it before, but you never see the seed fighting the farmer. You never see the seed questioning the farmer. You never see the potatoes questioning, like, are you sure this type of soil is going to work for me? Are you sure this hill is going to work for me? Are you sure this fence is going to keep all the intruders away? Are you sure it's going to keep the foxes from pulling me up? Are you sure it's going to keep the cute little deer? We see the deer, and we're like, oh, cute deer, but a farmer sees the deer and sees it as a predator. Are you sure this is going to keep the wolves from me? Lord, are you sure this is going to keep the enemy away from me? Are you sure that you can raise the standard up and block the enemy? Lord, are you sure that your voice can scream louder than my insecurities? Lord, are you sure that, Lord, that even when I feel surrounded by fear and anxiety and insecurities and burdens and worries, are you sure that you, can, that you can reveal to me that you are surrounding what surrounds me? Lord, are you sure that you will be my lily in the valley? Lord, are you sure that you're still the rose of Sharon and even in the middle of winter when there's no flowers growing? Lord, are you sure that you will be my rock? Lord, are you sure that you are my strength? Lord, are you sure that you're my source? Lord, are you sure that you are my strength? Lord, are you sure that you are the light of day? Lord, are you sure that you are the love of my life? Are you sure that I'm still the apple of your eye? Lord, are you sure? If you are, I need you to remind me. The next few days, remind me. The next few months, remind me. The next few years, remind me. Lord, every day I wake up, Spirit of God, remind me that I am yours. Remind me that you are mine. Spirit of God, remind me of what you said about me. Remind me that you went to a cross because of love. Remind me that you hung your head wide low because of love. Remind me that you stretched your arms wide because of love. Remind me that when you hung your head and died, that wasn't the end of the story like the song says. Remind me that three days later you rose again. Remind me that you sit at the right side of heaven, the right side of the Father, interceding for me when I am low. You are with me. When I am high, you are with me. When I'm on the right, you are with me. When I'm on the left, you are with me. Remind me as I parent my kids, you are with me. Remind me as I hold my head up and go to my job. Remind me, Jesus. Remind every person in this room that you have not forsaken them. Remind every person in this room that you are the Lord of all angel armies and you are protecting us. You are keeping us safe. You are keeping us well. You are providing for us mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially. Lord, I declare 
and I decree we will not self-destruct. We will not give in to our worries. We will not choke up what you have sowed in us. Jesus, we are your people. Jesus, we will be made good ground. Jesus, you will do what you do in Lexington, Tennessee through us. You will do what you do in Henderson County through us. You will do what you do in our families through us, Jesus. 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 Lord, we surrender right now. Lord, we surrender right now, Jesus. Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, God. If it means I got to fast fruits or fast meats and coffee, whatever it takes, Jesus. Whatever it takes to see you and hear you. Because it's, no, it's nothing to turn on the TV and see the politics. It's nothing to, to go uh, in the gas station and hear all the complaints about the county. It's nothing to get on Facebook and see everybody's complaints. But, Lord, just as it is easy to see all that, I need it to be easy to see your promises. I need it to be easy to see your word and believe your word. Amen. We didn't sing it, but in the song Good Ground, literally the part says, when, you're, when your truth is hard to believe in. It's my favorite part. Lord, if you're, when your truth is hard to believe in, let my heart be soft for receiving. I love that because it acknowledges, hey, Lord, some days I struggle to believe your word. Lord, sometimes through death and through grief, I struggle to believe. But, Lord, like Peter says, Lord, Lord, you see, help my unbelief. The parts that struggle to believe, help my unbelief. The parts that struggle to lift my hands, help me lift my hands. The part that struggles to surrender to you, help me surrender to you. The part that struggles to put it in your hands, to put my life in your hands, Lord, help me to put my life in your hands. Like the song says, you don't have to worry. What? And don't you be afraid. For joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. That means that what we are going through is only temporary. If you choose to allow it to be temporary. If you choose to allow it to be temporary. Because at the end of the day, watch this, the devil has no power. So therefore, the attacks that we feel from him, is it really him continuing the cycle? Or, 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 is, or is the spirit of God just waiting for us to open our eyes and realize, wait, 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 no, no, no. He's defeated. And we rise up and step up and continue to walk in our God-given authority. Amen. Amen. Lord, make us good ground. Make us good ground, Jesus. Make us good ground, Lord. Something you may not want to hear, but the process of being made good ground is going to take the rest of your life. Why? Because the devil will not stop attacking. He will not stop trying to use all the different things that he does. But the process of this becoming good soil, but it does change in time. Because when I look at, I hate to say it, but I will be five in a month. 35. It ain't bad, but, you know, it ain't, but I'm just like, man. I remember just, you know, I remember getting, going over grannies and, you know, making shoe boxes and all this other stuff, just the fun, the good old times. 
watching CNN and all that. Hey, now, you know, got kids off saving China, all that. <laughs> but, you know, the Lord had me to, last night we was eating dinner, and uh, I just looked at my oldest son. I looked at how long he is, and I was just like, and I just, the Lord took me back to the day we're in the hospital when he's born. And I, when I'm holding him, he, believe it or not, he used to be able to fit from right here to right here. And I just cradle make mom and granny nervous. I just do it like this. But I remember just holding him like, I didn't see how long he would be. I, 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 when, I saw the, when I saw that baby, I just, I, I, I just saw the little baby. And just 10 years, seven years. <laughs> I hear my baby now. And seven years later, he's what he is. You know, in the moment that things are happening, you, you can't see the future, but God does. You got to trust that, okay, even when you can't see how it's going to work out, he knows how it's going to work out. And he's taking care, he's already taking care of it. Just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. The how is not up to you. The how is not up to you. If you don't get anything today, remember the how is not up to you. Worry does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. If you're not walking in peace today, what are you worrying about? And we said it before on a Wednesday night, whatever you worry, make that, make that the, the thing that you pray about. Make that the thing or the things that you pray about. Amen. Worry does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It just takes away today's peace. Oh, we love you. Yeah, it does. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, before we move on, Lord, right now, every person in this room, Lord, I thank you, Father God. We surrender. If you're able to, just lift your hands towards heaven. Lord, right now, we surrender our worries this morning. I want you to, you ain't got to say it out loud. But I want you to just think about this one or two or whatever, however many things it is that, that you find yourself being worried about on a daily basis. Put them to the forefront of your mind. Just put them to the forefront of your mind. Now say, repeat after me. Say, Lord, I give these things to you. I don't want to worry about them anymore. I trust your process. I give them to you. I cast them to you. I forsake them, Lord. I put them in your hands for you to take care of. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.